Okay, we're live. Here, let me apologize to everybody. Problems on my end. Tell everybody in the chat room to re-log into the stream and we're back. Okay? Yep, it's like, what? Uh, and welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, nobody's listening yet, but <laughs> keep talking. Yes, I did actually watch the Smurfs. Um, hello, James and Maggie, who, uh, who are live audience members, as, uh, as well as uh, my husband and our wee one, who is putting away his dominoes and going off to bed. Oh, Mr. Sonata. Uh, they haven't... Okay, we got one. We got one. Okay, start talking. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, one and all. Yeah. So, we have uh, been talking about four fabulous films. We are talking about four fabulous films today. Of course, it's like, and the first uh, movie that we had up on the blocks here was Street Life 2, and welcome back to all of uh, those who have rejoined us, Back, uh, welcome back Joster, welcome back Kinte, and uh, Chris, I see you in there, and Ben Tuttle, and of course myself is in there, and Monk, you too, we're all in there together. Alrighty, and... Uh, so it's like uh, basically that first movie, uh, Chris. It's like when you get a chance to see it. Basically, it had a nice cohesive story, and it, it was like kind of very funny. But I found myself laughing at the plot, which is kind of fun. But and it had like some great action, uh, fun action sequences. Or I can say it's negative on it was like the horrid syncing with the lip syncs of the voices. Like, you lost voice during some of the cell phone calls and stuff like that. It's like, it's a real, uh, like I said, it, it, what it did is it took from the movie from me because the lack of sync, it was like, it, you know, one of those films where it was like you read the lips, then you had the voice, you read the lips, you had the voice <laughs> at points in time. I wonder sometimes if their, their film itself is right, but when they upload it, something happens in the upload and the encoding that causes that to happen and it's it's not something they've done intentionally because nobody's going to release a film like that intentionally well, well mind you it's like uh, they are very popular in China to do films like that back in the day well yeah that's where you had people uh, their mouths are moving in some <laughs> exactly. ungodly language and what, the, what you're hearing over the thing is English, English exactly so it kind of felt very much like that it was like oh throwback to that but in general, I gave that movie a C plus for it. But it's like it was an enjoyable and watchable movie, and I would definitely say if you are into wanting to have a little bit of a laugh uh, at a sort of serious subject, definitely give it uh, give Street Life Two a go. And what was the name again? Street Life Two. And it was uh, and just one moment, and I can tell you who. That was going to be my next question. Yep. <laughs> who, who made it? Yeah, it's like, uh, and by the way, uh, if any of our uh, actual people who we've who have submitted films are on here, please come uh, please come aboard into the chat room. We'd love to hear from you as well. And we can bring you on the air if you have Skype. 
we can. And Street Life 2 was made by uh, Karokas. And I'm not sure what the software was that uh, that did it, but I have a feeling it was probably Movie Store. Because uh, dealing, uh, judging by the uh, judging by the way that it seemed, it's like if I am wrong once again, please uh, ding in on the chat room for me of what was the correct software that we were using. Hey, Jet, how you doing? It's like great to see uh, great to see you too. Now, our next film. Um, that we have up on our blocks. Yes, it was uh, Corcoris. And the next film that we had up on our blocks was called It Scared Me to Death by Venger. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, did you have a chance to see It Scared Me to Death by Venger? No, this is another one where the... Uh, yeah, it was down, so I couldn't get a chance to see it. Ooh, it's uh, it's kind of interesting one. It's like uh, when you do get a chance to see this one, this one is one of those ones that got one of my rare A minuses in terms of the film. Because really, there was a whole lot of positives in this. Really, not a whole lot of negatives that you could say about it. It was really nice opening scene. The camera work is really nice. The story's like completely fluid and consistent, and the narratives are well done. And it's like it's a one-point narrative. Like, so basically it's uh, told through as a cohesive story. The only thing I would have really, really loved is if with the incident itself within that movie, if they would have actually physically showed it a little bit more as opposed from the first-man point of view narrative. But again, that might have been an artistic choice of that, uh, of that actual creator. It really is... It, a very interesting movie to actually watch and be in, and uh, to and I think that if you love movies, you're definitely going to enjoy that. It's like it was very well done. Also, the camera was very uh, was spot on with its work. It's like you really got the feeling, and even when it felt like it, so it was zooming out of focus, it still felt cohesive to the story of why the zooms out of focus happened. So I would definitely say, when you get your chance to watch it, Chris, definitely do. Okay. And, which brings us to our third movie uh, of there, Exidium. The one that, uh, you got a chance to see Exidium, right, Chris? Yeah. So what did you think of Exidium? Um, I liked it. I thought, I love the uh, visuals. Um, it had uh, also had great sound effects. The beeps and the boops were um, pretty spectacular, and it helped uh, set the atmosphere when um, they were in the spaceship. Um, I also love the uh, back to, going back to the visuals, the bloom effects on the um, computer consoles on the spaceship. I thought that was pretty um, pretty amazing. It, um, it it made it much more um, affectionate to look at. It, it was really it's really nice. Uh, it was really nice visually. Chris, would you illuminate me on something? I've heard this term, bloom effect. What does that mean? It's like uh, if you have bright colors, what the bloom effect will do, you can use this in, um, it's usually, I use, I use, I use this effect in After Effects, but what it will do is it'll take all the all the uh, bright colors, mm-hmm. and um, you can set radiuses, but it'll, but, and uh, within the radius that you set for each individual bright pixel, mm-hmm. it will like, uh, I guess the best way to explain it, it'll fade the color, Onto um onto the, it will smear the brightness of the color to other parts of the screen, 
it's it's oh, within hard. that radius that you say. Yeah, with, within oh, the okay. radius that you say, and it makes everything look very like um, romantic and rose colored. It, it it's it's a really um, lovely effect. I'd rather than like a uh, um, a sun flare flaring of the of the screen where the light's so bright, it actually obliterates part of the the screen in different directions. This sort of uh, causes the a softening of it. What they used to call putting Vaseline on the lenses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what it looks like, too. Okay. Thank you. And I actually really like that effect on it. It's like it, it really was nice. It's sort of that nice softy edge, but it, yet it did make nice crispy shot. Yes. I, I, love, I love it. That's my favorite effect. I love it. Careful, though, people not to overdo it ever be, uh, because that fisheye effect can also uh, work against you as well. <laughs> it, may work in, it may work in some cases, but please don't make it uh, as a complete fisheye transition for every single movie that you make. It's a great one for this. It really worked for Exidium, I'd agree. So what didn't you like about Exidium? Um, the only thing that I didn't like was uh, sometimes the actors were kind of stiff. Like, when they put their heads up, they put them, like, straight up in the air, it almost looking like uh, cardboard cutouts or a mannequin when they were just standing stiff there. And then I said, like, I don't know if they were man- the arms were manipulated and, um, slightly just to, uh, just to make sure that they're still alive. Because, I mean, if someone, if someone has a gun and they pull it out, pull the gun out on you, and they say, put your hands in the air, I mean, you're going to do it, but it's not going to be that perfect. It's, I mean, you're going to need to breathe and stuff like that. That's, there's other things you have to do to stay alive other than just uh, abiding to what the gunman says. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's like definitely, definitely, definitely. And for me, what I was saying, uh, what I would say is like in terms of the positives of the movie, I really also liked the opening credit roll. I also love that effect that you were talking about as well, where I call it more the donut effect. Just for uh, for yes. my own, well, because it is. It's like you know, it brings uh, the picture really into focus. And what I loved was really nice thinking, and the the fluidness of the story. Even though that the acting at points were wooden, I made it was watchable, but the acting was wooden. Let's face it. There, it's like I'm sorry to say this, but it's like the person. And I will not individualize the persons, but there were performances that reminded me of um, pretty much a stiff robotic performance. And if there's ever a future episode, I would definitely say, please make sure that, you know, you actually get some emotion in life out of the character. It's like certain characters, they brought it on, they brought full-on emotion, and then there was this one character, uh, this one or two characters, that it was like, I am reading my lines now. I am doing my lines now. <laughs> I am annoying. getting my lines now. I have finished my lines now. Exactly. It, and it's kind of like, I'm sorry, did we go to the R2-D2 school of line reading? Like, there, there's no emotion to, like, you didn't feel anything for the plot? Kind of deal, and it's not to be overcritical. It's just a matter of that when you. Uh, this is our lesson of the day. When hiring uh, performers and when asking for performers, try and make sure that also your performer has as well the ability to be able to uh, like 
under, help them to understand what you are looking for as an emotional part of the background in regards to that. So it's like to help them bring out emotion, you as the leader on there should be able to help guide the, out that emotion. Yeah. So that was my one critique. So what grade did you give it? I gave it an A. It was pretty short and um, an easy watch as well. Mm-hmm. Would you say watch it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd say, um, I'd say you go check it out. It's only eight minutes. Yeah. So, and it's, um, it's beautiful to look at, too. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was eight minutes of goodness. I gave it a B plus. And, I mean, it was eight minutes of fabulous goodness. And, as I said, if you can get past the... Uh, wood, uh, the couple of wooden actors it's like the whole rest of the movie it's like it still is engaging to watch even with the wooden actors so in future episodes we'll just hope that uh, there's no Pinocchios is it possible that they may have been text to speech actors it's quite possible which is another thing I've seen a lot of movies like that that they'll u- utilize that and there's some very good programs to do that i'm just uh sometimes they can sneak them in on you you don't realize it and you think oh that's kind of kind of stiff and what it is it's a computer trying to speak yes and by the way also all of these movies uh, are available on regular youtube channels and uh, also just to uh, tell you that exidium was done by anima technica so uh, if you are looking for that to be able to watch, please go on Anima Technica's channel if TMU is not, you know, back up and kicking for you. Yes. Ken is- says he's got a, a ticket, service ticket out on that to uh, square that away uh, with the, getting the movies back working on TMU. We're not sure what's going on. None of Ken's fixes work, so it's got to be something with the server on their end. So, maybe in a day or so. Great. Yep. We, uh, one can only hope that uh, they will be able to get it all back online, but even if it's not, you, you definitely should uh, go ahead and uh, watch it on the individual sites as well. Our final movie that we do have uh, is Desperate Measures. And, Chris, I know that you didn't have a chance to be able to see this movie. But uh, it's like when I talk about this movie, I can only say uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Peter Blood, if you are out there, please tell me what software you used. I want it. I, I need to have it. No, not even in the credits. Or the um, any notes or anything? No, I I wish it was because I was like, what software did you use? I so need this software. First off, on the the positives of this, also, uh, Monk, the reason why I say this, it's like you have got to see this. The water is water looking. Wow. 
it is so crisp and clear all of the the animation and everything in it from the character straight on through you can see bone matter for crying out loud with the software i want to adopt this software mm. i want it to be my children is how good the software is let's start out with that it's like and then I want to thank Peter so, so much for finally getting a historical film to us. Something that is not a sci-fi, a funny action flick, a modern film, an actual historical piece. This, in all three parts. And for all of us who love Horatio Hornblower and everything like that, uh-huh. it's like, this is, the, this is the machinima for you. Oh, I have seen part one of this. Yes, there is three parts, and it just gets better and better. I think he's using part. a mixture of different programs. If you must I know the truth. That, yes, I I want that software, and I want to adopt it. Yeah. I want to, I want to know who modded these things. I want to, like I said, you cannot say enough good things. Totally amazing images. I loved the animation and costuming. I mean, you could tell that Peter really took the time. And the software he used was so nicely executed. All of the camera angles, so intentional and so good in regards to it. It's like I felt like I was watching an episode of Horatio Hornblower. That good. Okay. This could have been BBC quality. I want to break it down for you. Did you ever see the... uh Hornblower movie uh, with, uh, oh, not Cary Grant. Uh, uh, Gregory Peck. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. Yes, and I mean it was it could rival that easily. This this film. It's like what this film. Uh, this was like absolutely amazing, and I would encourage anybody like the excellent design work on the characters the boats you can tell by the way peter we have to have a lovely talk about the whole napoleonic history and all of that uh, it's like the guy just the film itself uh, all three parts were just mind-blowing of this whole thing just the film was totally captivating the subject it was beautifully shot and well done like really you would not be disappointed in, in any of the three parts the only thing that I would say is uh, that would be my little criticism. The sometimes the music did outdrown the voices because the voices seemed a little low. Even when I pitched it to full volume, the voices at times got a little bit low. And I'm a fan of the music. But please tell me if that music is royalty free because I don't think that it is royalty free music. And I do know that it's like. So fabulous! It's like that would be my one tiny little critique, and the subtitling sometimes became a little bit much. To, uh, it's like I would rather heard the voices instead of the subtitlings because then the subtitlings became redundant at one point. It was like, okay, this is in English, so why are you putting English subtitling unless it was for the fact that the vo- uh, the volume of the voices were so soft that you felt that the subtitling needed to be there in order for us to understand what they were saying. Because nobody talked with plums in their mouth or anything. You could clearly understand what they were saying. 
where there was times, it's like I understand, where the, he used the subtitling to replace dialogue, which might have been because maybe there wasn't that character or that person available at that time. So using the subtitling, there were times that it's like the people were speaking and you had the subtitling beneath it. And so I'm not sure if that was a compensation of one to the other. Like it would have served the story better to have the characters act as opposed to the subtitles being there at some times. But that would be my only small, small, small critique. And by the way, the three-part series got my highest uh, and anybody who knows my reviews knows the truth uh, the truth in this that it got my highest review of all reviews in terms of that up there with KV's uh, 15th floor and all of that it got an A plus and I would recommend everybody to go and see this three-part series if you love historical films, this is for you. You love Machinima, this film is for you. And like I said, please, Peter, come and do an interview with us, and I want to adopt your software. I want to own it. Hmm. So, Chris, you will not be sorry when you see this. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, no, she doesn't think that, uh, I don't think that Peter Blood is that, I, I mean, like, that movie was just really amazing and, uh, to behold, and really something to see, and I can't say enough good things about it. And shortly now, we will be in, take, uh, yes, an A+, plus. yes. I absolutely did give it an A plus. Can't say it. And no, it's not in in love with uh, with Peter Blood. It's in love with Peter Blood's work. It's like the uh, that was just brilliant. And as I said, anybody who loves Napoleonic time periods, it's like I also uh, checked out a few other things on his site as well. Again, will not be disappointed in any of the work that is on uh, on that site. It's like. That would be another one that it's like, just like I say, with very few of the people, as, I, uh, as I've mentioned before, watch it again and again, over and over and over. It's well worth the see. So soon we are going to be in, taking a, our break, but then when we come back, we have two fabulous guests coming uh, at us. Our own Jet Strange, and also our own Joster. So stick by with us. Oh, yes. And for those who have wondered as well, what movies have we reviewed today? Let's go over them one more time with you. Our first one was Street Life 2. And our second movie that we reviewed... Uh, in, today, uh, in today's is it scared me to death. So our first one was Street Life Two by Corcus. Our second movie, It Scared Me to Death by Venger. Our third movie was Exidium by Anima Technica. And the fourth movie in three fabulous parts was Desperate Measures by Peter Blood. And I encourage all of you to uh, check them out and to check out all of the ones from last week as well. You really won't be sorry about what uh, what you are going to see coming up. 
What do you th uh, What do you think, Chris? Um, I think uh, I think uh, we got some got some good movies tonight. Yeah. And every uh, welcome back, Monk. And with that, it's like we will be going shortly now to break. And uh, when we come back, as I said, we will be coming back with Jet Strange and Joster. Not ready yet. Well. Then we, then we will give you one extra uh, little tidbit also today in, uh, in the news. In regards to the movie industry today, uh, we also spoke a little bit about character and, what may, uh, and character acting. So please make sure to also review our review on characters. And you know what? With your next movie, just... Make sure that when you are uh, when you are dealing with your machinima actors, it's like that they understand your intentions behind all of the films, behind the film that you're doing. And in order to get out the best performance for them, definitely dig deep. For uh, ask them to dig deep and dig into their character. There's no reason why machinima film acting is any different than other live action films as well. Anything to add to that, Chris? Um, no, I, I agree. Great, and we'll be right back with uh, Jet Strange and Joster. Set it 
Welcome back, one and all, to movie time. Woohoo! So we had like four fabulous movies uh, that we reviewed. It's like so, and we are joined here by Joster and Jet Strange. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Pretty good. Excellent. Awesome. So it's like, have you guys had a chance to check out any of those four movies? No. Nope. See, it's like some uh, four new ones to love and uh, and to hold. So, have you guys uh, had a chance to lately check up on TMU? It's yeah. down. I know. Sadly, it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is our subject of the day, Chris? Um. Uh, what's your What's your favorite Morgan Freeman movie? Woo. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, uh, who first? Who first? Um, anybody? Jump right in. Lean on me, Arthur. I think I know what George is. Because <laughs> I think it's mine, too. Is it seven? Nope. I just said, lean on me. Lean on oh, me in was... seven. Nice. Yeah, but you. Uh, I love that one. <laughs> jump off! I don't want to jump off. You smell crack, don't you? You smell crack. <laughs> <laughs> they used to call me Crazy Joe. Well, now they can call me Batman. <laughs> oh man! I forgot he was in that movie. I also like Shawshank Redemption too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Wasn't he in that movie, that one with uh, Clint Eastwood and um, Hilary Swank? Oh, Million Dollar Baby? Yes, that one. Mm. Oh, yeah. See, nobody ever remembers him in that movie. I do. He was... He punched the, he punched the kid out. Ish. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. He was in Glory. <laughs> Yes, I did. I enjoyed that. My favorite wanted? Was, uh, yeah, I like I like wanted too. He, he said he said motherfucker or something like that, didn't he? I was like, <laughs> oh my god, Morgan Freeman, no. Um, <laughs> I liked him in March of the Penguins. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the. Uh, I think that's my favorite Norm Morgan Freeman character as narrator. <laughs> I think he's an amazing narrator. <laughs> <laughs> It's like so. Uh, so, guys, it's like uh, last week we were asking Ben Tuttle about this. How do you, uh, in regards to this? It's like so. Your uh, your version of Machinima: harder, soft, shorter, long. Damn. Well, yeah, that's it. Really yeah, it's basically up to the director. Yep. From your watchability point we... of view. Well, I have I have something to say right here. Uh, as long as it's interesting, you know, it doesn't even matter how long it is. As long as it's interesting. That's what I have to say. Yeah, but the pacing has got to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter to me. As long as it's very good, and just like Josh just said, the pacing. Yeah, there has to be content, basically. Yeah. It's long and dry, then no one's going to want it. Like, what is this? 
So we were also talking a little bit about character tonight, too. And uh, starting uh, jumping off with Morgan Freeman was an awesome uh, way of starting that through. It's like he's playing multiple uh, characters, and it's like, you know, each and every one of them, he brings something really special to the role. So what do you think of machinima acting in general? Go ahead, Duster. Go ahead, uh, chat. <laughs> And and you have to be perfectly honest. Don't forget, this is a movie review. This isn't to uh, be nice to your friends. <laughs> well, I got nothing. Sadly, me either. Cause I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was amazing. <laughs> that was that was amazing. Oh, but I think, I, think I, I, I don't have much to say on it either. What I would say though is that um, I think that there, sometimes when I hear it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is uh, the, the the way this person um animates this character is really stiff. But it's also hard to say something because you don't want to because that person might be trying their hardest. You don't want to be like uh, get off the stage. But when they're really trying, but then um other times I got heard people that really surprised me with their voices and um. It's, it, it kind of makes you wonder why isn't this person like doing you know like Hollywood cartoons? Why isn't this person on like on like um Disney or um Adult Swim or or any other like a, a lot of the times anime a lot of times the anime actors are like like amazing. So um I, I, it just kind of makes you wonder why isn't this person like doing Pixar voices or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Huh. Absolutely. And also, right. Go ahead. Some people, some people have it, and some people don't. But you know. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that we uh, that we were having a little bit of a discussion uh, about earlier today, which I wanted to bring into the subject of tonight in regards to that, is because in Second Life, the, when you uh, film an a- an actual machinima, you can actually have a vo- the actors there live and voices. Where other softwares, it's a lot harder to do that same sort of thing. Um, do you think that there really should be a program that someday will be able to have the best of both worlds? Uh, yeah. That would be very interesting. Oh, yeah. And I'll see that, you know, I've been thinking about, like, asking somebody on voice.com mm-hmm. to to voice one of my characters, but I know I have to pay, like, I don't know, a, a good sum of money to them. <laughs> so, uh, when you're seeking out uh, voice actors, guys, for your uh, for your work... What is it that, uh, in terms of softwares that you like to use? What is it in terms of also voices you like to use? Go for it, Jaster. You know you've done more than one film. <laughs> right. Just, uh, boy. Just not the motor mouth type of guy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Because it's like uh, oh, sorry, I was. Sorry. That's okay. One uh, one of uh, one of the future uh, things that I, when we were uh, when we were looking at software, like we were talking with Ben Tuttle last week in regards to it. It's like what you'd want to see in the software. Well, what kind of voice? Uh, what kind of voice capabilities would you like to see in your Machinima software? 
Mine's just kind of jaded because I usually put myself in, in all the most important roles. All <laughs> I'm so with you, Chris. I am so with you. It is. It's so nice, and plus, I get to, I get to, um, I get to like show off and stuff and, and big myself up and like, oh yeah, check this guy out. I, I love, I love doing as many voices as possible as I can. Um, if I'm looking for someone else, then I usually look for those, look for uh, someone who has the voice that matches an, an anime archetype. So it's kind of, uh, so it's kind of weird. My uh, my way of doing it. So the anime archetype. Also, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, mainly uh, the type. I mean the type of archetypes I look for. Um, I, it it's kind of um, hard to say, and because it depends on the project. Um, but the m- most notable one that I have is uh, for men. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's usually like an anime character who has long hair, who has a really dark past, and they kind of talk in like this um, this deep monotone. And I so I love that voice because I can't pull it off myself. So I love when um, other people do it. Like um, I got uh, this one guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but um, he, he has uh, he, he has a series of videos on YouTube, and I and I found them there, and then I got him to play. Um, if you can picture like an anime character, then I would I could point you to. Um, Tells of Symphonia. Oh no, um, Tells of Symphonia. The uh, the uh, the Kratos from Tells of Symphonia. Oh my God, his voice is amazing. Um, so I, I'd point you in that direction. But it, it, it's uh, I, I love that deep monotone. I've been through. I've been through a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of things. You don't know my past. You would never understand any of my secrets. I, I love that type of voice. <laughs> So how do you like to bring out your uh, your voice actors when you do play with them? As opposed to be, uh, being the voice. Um, I don't want a scenario. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when I write the script, I already have the voice in my head of what, the, what I want the character to sound like. And since I'm through TMU and doing these radio shows as well, I, I've met so many people that I already know exactly who would be perfect for the part without even having to change um, too much around, <laughs> so I, I I did it. That's how I usually um find out uh, who's gonna voice any of our scripts. Um, that's a good question. Anybody else um have an experience on on that? Uh, Jester Jet. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Well, the first thing you said was was pretty much like me. I I voice all my stuff. You know. Now I made about. Two new characters that I want uh, Odette and Pet Pet to play, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Because I talk to them constantly. I'm like, you know what? I can make her into a character. But what? Well, he's already got my cool down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to do the voices for all of my characters in my abysmal Joe the Dead series and. Let's just say that I learned from my mistakes. Never do a chick voice ever again. <laughs> Dang. Because you'll end up sounding like a 21-year-old guy with delayed puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe me, check out Joe the Dead 3. Oh, my yeah. worst movies to date. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Do you have a link for that? <laughs> Trust me. Take my word for it. You don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> I know it's. Uh, I used to sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, 
It's kind of difficult with um, female voices because, because especially if you're a guy, because you have to like if you fail, then it's like there are people know you for that fail of when you try to play a female for like the rest of your life. <laughs> it's like you take a, it's like you take a serious L. I've done it before, and um, I, no, I didn't get any um, any drawback on it because I, I, I hate it very well. I did my, I try to make a female sounding voice like this, <laughs> and then um. <laughs> I put it in a program, and then I took all the bass out of my voice, so it kind of sounds like more of a, it's more towards a chipmunk sound than anything, <laughs> so, uh, wow. so I was able to pull it off when I was playing Nurse Joy, but, um, yeah, you from Pokemon. Yeah, you two are your own, because I haven't even attempt, I just did a, the speaking spell, you know, type and talk, I was like, I'm not gonna even attempt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like, no, I ask other people to do that for me because I will not have my own voice on camera. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mind you. Uh, it's like, and in terms of directing eh, actors, in terms of that, it's like we do talk about the character a little bit before I actually get them to lay down uh, the voices with me. As uh, as I'm more a Second Life um, filmmaker as opposed to any other software because I'm not exactly versed in them as much, Um when I uh, before we go to camera, it's like we definitely have a chance to be able to chat and be able to have a chance to talk about characters, so that when they're actually delivering the lines, and even afterwards when they have to do the synchro of the delivery of the lines the second time around, in case that the live recording didn't work well, then uh, we have talked about the character and we don't get, uh, and we can then avoid emotionless performances or misunderstanding of the lines. It's a better way to dialogue in terms of that. But I understand that other software, you're at a disadvantage because you don't have the live-action abilities to be able to do that, or the live-action capabilities. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So then what do you do with your actors? It's like when they're looking at these characters and you have to have... And, can this be also the reason for that generic missinking that sometimes happens? The Chinese animation, uh, I call, uh, like the Chi- the early Chinese film animation, where the lips are moving, then the voice happens. Well, they do that uh, to uh, make it more convenient for everything. You notice that? Yes, but in SL, you don't need that delay. No, you don't. Where in other softwares, it's like you do require this. Uh, this does tend to happen as a delay, either in the upload or within that. Hey, Ramsey, how you doing? So he's in our, our chat as well. And hey, Zeke, and hey, Helm, uh, for coming in there. So now everybody, uh, we're slowly getting in a huge crowd there. So what I was saying is that, so what do you do for your actors to be able to, you know, get the performance out of them that you need when you don't have the advantage of being able to live sync your software. Hmm. (coughs) And would you want that to be a future thing that uh, maybe some programmers for these ones like iClone, MovieStorms have in terms of that? It's like what voicing capabilities would you want them to have? Basically, uh, just the best they can do. 
Yeah, and I think that's like the best. I think it's the best case scenario. Scenario is that is having that um, mentality because usually when um when studios will they'll be known for making something and then they try to go and make something else. That's um it, it, they usually just find somebody to screw it up because they're based on visuals. So if they start doing audio stuff, it kind of I don't know. They usually, they usually just half-ass the job. That's that's why like um these big companies like Adobe they'll have like specific teams work on this work on sound software. Specific teams work on um, oh my god, visual software and others work, work on stills there's, then there's others that work on animation others that work on programming and they'll just, mm-hmm. they'll just divide it up like that because cause if, you, if, if you if you try to control too much of, um, of something then it, you'll, you'll, you'll the jack of all trades but then master of none it, it, it'll, it'll definitely turn out like that and um, you'll just get overtaken by like a better software who only focuses on, on music or on audio or on a video. Oh, absolutely. In terms of music, it's like that would just be horrid if uh, there was music libraries on software because then it's like it's also very limiting in regards to that. And a lot of times it's like, especially if you want to make original sound, it's like you're going to want to pull from library, uh, like you'll pull from royalty free as well as from people out there in the music. But where like I said, that there are certain softwares that have the advantage is if I can see my character right then and there on the screen, like even with the uh, with the voiceovering for the actors on the screen, they get to have a visual there where it's like the way that we work in Machinima, all of the characters already done and out there and ready to be synced. And then the first thing that we do is we have the actor sit there and read the lines as opposed to see the character, move with the character, live action, understand what the character is doing. Yeah, one big thing I like for them to have is um, being able to put your music in um, on the individual layers, but not only that, uh, adjust the sound on the individual layers that the music is, uh, is put into. And, and I don't want to see like something where it says, uh, on a scale from one to five, how loud, how loud do you want your... How, well, how loud do you want the sound to be? No, no, sir. So just, just tell me, just let me type in the decibels that I want the sound level to be. Because I think that would fix the problem with, with people putting up um, Mishima films where you can't even hear anybody. And it's like a very important, it's a very important movie. And they're just like, mm-hmm, okay, okay, let's go. It, it shouldn't, I should be able to hear what the, what the guy was saying. Oh, so yeah, and they should learn how to. Turn, turn the music down when someone's about to put important dialogue. Okay. Yes. My father's like, boom, 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 boom. you know, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> How many times have we had that happen? It's like where, you know, like this beautiful piece of dialogue and all of a sudden the music is just drowning out this dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I learned that from my teacher too. He kept telling me, turn it down, turn it down, turn it a little more down. I'm like, I can't even hear it now. I mean, jeez. <laughs> but ever since that, I, he's in my ear now. Every time I make a movie, I'm like, better turn that music down because they're talking. Better turn it down. Oh. And sometimes, you know what? You almost let it go white line, and that might also help in regards to that when you're uh, when you are looking at music. Hey, Ivan, how you doing? So, basically, our next show uh, coming uh, coming up. Um, for also next week, just to let you know, we have several uh, movies that are also coming up for our next week's show, which is Run Amok, Someday, and Midnight, and Shamrock, and the Three Musketeers, apparently. 
why <laughs> we're uh, why we're reviewing the three uh, musketeers, but I'm not sure. But hey, okay, we uh, we uh, you know, welcome to fan film, um, which will be a future subject. Why fan films not necessarily should or shouldn't be. Why fan films shouldn't be? Should and shouldn't be. Oh, uh, I'm. I think that's also a perfect quote for them. Why fan films should or shouldn't be because they it, it's it's a double edged sword. Yes, yes, you get to make something yeah. that's um that's incredible and it looks nice. That's, and that's mainly because you have all this. It usually has a rich history that you can uh that rich his- history of that you could catalog from. Like um, Star Wars, like everything is already spelled out for you. Everything's already written down, so it's easy to make something uh, from these universes. Although it's hard to make it very, very good. It's also hard to make people care because it's just fan fiction. I, I think I think that's copyright. Right, um... <laughs> copyright comes in and Viacom shuts your whole video down, and you just you just got this. Well, oh, actually, no, never mind. So. I take that back because and yet at the same when time, George that... had yes. Go ahead. Right. Yet at the same time, it's like fan films can also be infringing on the actual original work, so. Yeah. Yeah. As as we've said before, it's like, you know, Lucas uh, uh, was more giving, other people are not so much. And it's like, it is a fine line of whether they should or shouldn't be. Yeah, and the only wildly successful fan film that I've seen was um, it was a fan film where it was a machinima, and it was also taking the characters and then just having them beat the living crap out of each other. It was it was um, I think everybody's seen this before. It's one where it's like Metroid and then the girls from DOA, and they're just mm-hmm. dominating each other while running down while running down a hundred story building. It, it, I think that's uh, what people are looking for in a fan a fan film. I think the um, the only popular ones that uh that are, that don't involve just Complete badassery are just the are like the uh, kind of indie fan films. These usually like like Mario, but in a realistic form, like live action. I just haven't seen, but they only get like what a hundred thousand tops. But I've never seen any of them break over a million. It is quite amazing. So, like I said, that will be our topic as well for our next week as well of the fan films. Should it or shouldn't it? And also, as our summer uh, yes, as our summer blockbusters also are coming up, we have some really great ones coming out uh, there in the theater, and also coming up. As I said, you know, we have had all of these fabulous films tonight, so I will also review one last time for everyone the four films that we reviewed yes. tonight, just in case. And by the way, thank you very much, Joster and Jet, for both coming uh, aboard and doing the interviews with us. We well, really then, totally appreciate it. No problem. No and problem definitely could come back again and visit us and do another one. When we rapid yeah. fire you yet again. Oh, yeah. Plus, also, it's like, Joster, where the heck is your next movie? Oh, yeah. Postal 2 Apocalypse Weekend. Uh-huh. And Jet? No clue. No, that is a remains to uh, to be seen with all of us. TBA. You're keeping us in mystery. Yep, TBA still. Yeah. Yeah. Still trying issues. Yeah. Still trying to get all the scenes shot here. 
Yeah, it's like yeah, we're looking forward to both of your films and looking forward to many, many, many others. And tonight, uh, like I said, we reviewed Street Life Two. It's uh, by Quarkus. It's uh, it's scared me to death by Venger. Exidium by Anima Technica, and Desperate Measures by Peter Blood. And we encourage you all to see all of our movies, and also if you have an interesting subject as well that you want to bring to movie time, just give us a shout and you can see our our full-on reviews in regards to the films online as well is uh, the new and interesting blog and also next week we will try uh, we will be bringing you more exciting interviews and more interesting uh, things up and coming so chris what's going down with you is our latest and greatest um um, nothing much i just make sure uh, just make sure you follow me on twitter i'm at afro underscore penguin um also have a new trailer coming out for this um this uh, anime that i'm working on so i stay tuned for that very cool. And I'm uh, working on my several live action uh, films right now, so it's like that is keeping me uh, busy along with a few other things. And once again, we make a plea out for Peter Blood. Please tell us what uh, software you have used because we want to adopt it. And. Yes. And also, uh, for all of you, I encourage you to check out voices, check out actors. It's like our homework of the week, uh, so to speak. Check out uh, when you're doing your uh, your actual machinimas, all of your actors, and you know what? Figure out ways that we can make that voice work just that much better for them and for us. And with that, we bid you all nighty night from this week's uh, version of Movie Time from me. Chris, yep. any last words of encouragement? Um, um, no. Nadie, <laughs> <laughs>